The Football Pod on OTB Sports. Have you ever seen a team like Limerick that are so physically dominant? They're yeah, absolutely oh. financially crazy. dominant. <laughs> the Football Pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. The Gaelic Football Preview on Off The Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. All right, we've got a cracking weekend ahead in the football championship with quarterfinals in all four provinces to look ahead to as many of them as we possibly can. I'm joined on the line by Anthony Moyles and Conleth Gilligan. Evening, guys. Good evening, Nathan. Hey, Nathan. How you doing? I think there's no doubt that uh, Tyrone Derry is the biggest game of the weekend, and we'll get on to that in a minute, uh, Conleth, and we should really be starting with the All-Ireland Champions, but I do want to talk about Dublin, uh, who get their campaign underway against Wexford at Wexford Park on Saturday at half past six. Anthony, while uh, everybody has been panicking during the spring about Dublin and their downfall and their demise and their relegation from Division One. You've been pretty consistent anytime I've heard you on OTBAM with Jaron Owen that now is not the time to panic. That actually, come the summer, come the return of Conor Callahan, of all of their key players, that everything will be just fine. Uh, what would you expect to see this Saturday against Wexford to suggest that everything will be just fine for Dublin? Um, well, I think, I think Nathan, look, you know, I think they, they've been building um, and you know, I think it's it's fairly obvious all the different issues that they've had, um, and and you just alluded to it there, bringing players back, finding a bit of form, getting their confidence back. Um, it's been a big issue for them. But you know, with O'Callaghan coming back, with the settling of McCarthy as captain, which I think is a great appointment for him and for the team, um, I think they're going to go into this game with a very no nonsense approach, and I think they're going to go in like kind of looking for blood and to set some markers down. Um, and so if, if you look at the first half of their league relative to their second half of the league, um, albeit I think they, they, they falter slightly at the end, I think they'll be still saying, listen, you know, we've blooded a few new players. We've blooded a couple, maybe one or two championship debuts, which I would expect. Um, but we have found out, you know, that some players can play in certain areas, some players can't. And they've probably settled a bit more. Um, I think defensively they were a bit all over the place. But as the league went on, they got to a point where they started to tighten up. They got a little bit meaner. Um, they knew what they were at as regards attacking from the defence. And this whole idea of trying to transition the ball and kick long, um, you know, they found out who, who can do that and who can't do that. Like at the end of the day, over the last couple of league games, when they started to bring those main players back, you could see the team strengthen. And three or four or five players of the calibre that they have added into the rest is going to make a massive difference. Um, so, like, if I was Wexford, I think it's an amazing, uh, uh, um, you know, no one I don't think, I think a lot of people would have probably thought Offaly would have come out of that, that, mm. that particular tie. So, I think Shane Roach has done a remarkable job. And I love the way they're talking about that they're blooding new players and that they'll be mad for the game in, in, in Wexford Park, which they will be. But, you know, at the end of the day, I can only see one winner because uh, Dublin will look to come out come out hard, fast, and be pretty ruthless, I would imagine. Conleth, uh, Dublin have been so dominant in Leinster. They're going for a 12th Leinster title in a row. They've won 16 of the past 17. Wexford are a Division 4 side. Uh, there's very little to suggest that this will be the day that the run will end. But it may be the day that the likes of Kildare and Meath can look to as 
a real sense that the gap can be closed and maybe later on in the Leinster Championship that Dublin will be there for the taking. When you listen to Anthony talk about improvements that were made throughout the league campaign, like the one thing that stood out was that there was a sense that when James McCarthy came back, things would improve dramatically. And then the McCarthy didn't seem himself when he came back. Like Brian Fenton, Kieran Kilkenny, that real spine of the team all seemed to be struggling for form during that league campaign. Would you would you have a similar confidence to Anthony that now that we've got to the summer that all those returning players with Conor Callahan expected to be back in the squad that it will somehow just all click? I think that remains to be seen. Uh, like I've seen them up up against Tyrone and you know that was what I thought was going to be the turning point that they were slightly more impressive um, even though Tyrone probably hadn't hit their full gears at that stage but like you know you cannot impress how much Conor Callan means to that team they lacked a focal point through the league they tried to kick a bit of ball they were exposed at not being good enough at it they tried to go man to man at the back and Armagh at the very start of the league exposed them and it showed they were struggling in the full back line that no answers and while they have improved defensively as the league went on I think it remains to be seen it's the first time in a decade that the Leinster Championship is probably exciting in any regard again um, and it's not that Dublin have fallen off a cliff um, but it's just that there's a wee bit teams a wee bit closer Kildare showed that there's a wee bit more common and I suppose then you have the, the likes of Lau that have, have made massive strides forward in, in the league under, under Mickey Hart and Gavin Devlin so I think it's the first time that the Leinster Championship looks in any way exciting. Does anybody break into that and be good enough to beat Dublin? I just can't see where it can go. Wexford, and, and Anthony was right, Stephen Roach has done the amazing job of Wexford, but it's just the gulf of divisions is too big. And while Dublin haven't been brilliant away from home, it's probably a chance for them to get out of Crook Park, build a bit of momentum. But when the business end comes, it's in Crook Park. They've Conor Callaghan back. If Brian Fenton, Kieran Kilkenny, you know, McCarthy as captain now, can lead down the middle, I still think they have enough to get out of Leinster comfortably. Um, albeit whether Kildare will put something up later on in the sea, later on in this championship, I don't know. But I just think if them players can can have big championships in, in Leinster I think they have, a, they have a really good chance and it'll still take a very good team to beat them when they get out into an All-Ireland quarter-final And even though Conleth it is Wexford and all the expectations are that Dublin will win this game and they beat Wexford by 8 points in last year's championship will we be able to learn a lot from this game about where McCarthy Fenton Kilkenny are confidence-wise that if they if they go down and lay go out and lay down a marker and win this by double figures, well, then we can believe that actually Dublin were working towards something during the league. But if this turns out to be something of a struggle and it's tight at half time, that all the the bit of confidence that was eroded during the league campaign, like that's all going to come to the forefront of everybody's mind again. Yeah, look, I don't think anything's going to be proven this weekend. If they win by double figures, they're playing Wexford. If they struggle, well, then they're maybe off it. Like, I think all Dublin really need to do this weekend is get out of it and build again. It's a it's a lose lose situation for them. But the one thing that I suppose we're all looking for from the outside is the one thing that Double were known for was their use of the ball in the final quarter. You know they didn't give it away. Kilkenny conducted the orchestra. They eventually got it to the shooters inside the scoring zone, and they were so efficient 70, 75, 80 percent efficiency all the time through the league. It was just so on Dublin like it was pot shots from from silly angles, stuff that 
most teams do as a matter of course but Dublin didn't they were just so robotic in how they went about their play so the one thing that I suppose I would be looking for and I suppose that opposition managers will be looking for is are they shot happy will they try and take shots from silly angles or have they got back into the the type of game plan that Jim Gavin had enforced where you got it into the right man in the right position and if it took 20 or 25 passes and mm. four or five or six different phases to do that then great but if they keep continuing along the league, I think they will give teams a chance, especially with better defences and better forward lines to come up against because Kildare and those teams have showed that defensively they have got better and they have got really good forwards. So they will trouble them later on down the line. And if you can't shut down Wexford in the first round of a Leinster Championship, you're going to struggle to shut down some of the better teams in Leinster come the latter stages. Uh, Meath against Wicklow, Park Talchin on Sunday at 2 o'clock. I'm not sure how many in Meath were expecting it to be Wicklow to come through that clash against Leach, but now that it is, uh, that was a big score that Wicklow racked up, Anthony, last weekend in that victory against Leach. Is there a, a little bit of concern in, in Meath about the, the scoring power of this Wicklow side now? Well, I, th- I, I, I wouldn't say concern necessarily. Um, uh, <laughs> You know, Nathan, because I'd say they're probably worried more so about themselves and where exactly they are. Um, they had a, 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 a quite a, a different campaign during the, the, the league in the sense of bad start. You know, we're, we're facing down the barrel of relegation and managed to kind of pull it out of the fire, I suppose, with a number of, of, of decent performances over the last few games. Um, you know, they played Derry. You know, and 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 kind of ran them really well. A team that probably you know could have and should have got out of Division Two, um, and and a team that probably were were playing fairly well all consistently throughout the league. So I think Andy is in a position, you know, kind of a la Dublin. Obviously, the names that will come back aren't as you know the names who who obviously have multiple All Irelands, but they're still big names within a mid context. Connor McGill, Brian Menton. You know, uh, Ronan and Jones, and there's your two midfields, the midfielders, your full back, your centre half forward. So fellas like this who are vital again for me, coming back, coming back from injury, and and, and bolstering a squad, and indeed adding that solidity and strength all the way through the spine of a team. That's vital for them. So they, I think again, you know, they will be relatively happy with how the league finished. Um, and it's amazing how a small result, like they got out of jail against Offaly and all of a sudden the, the campaign took off on where if they didn't get that last minute goal against Offaly, it could have been a really different campaign. And then you'd be going into this fixture against a team full of confidence who are after taking the scalp of, of, of Leash and scoring five something, five fourteen or whatever, I think they're only getting two or three wides who are mad for action. Uh, and it would be very, very tricky. But I think Andy can build on the conference from that. They've obviously had a bit of a break. They've had plenty of league football in, in Mead and they've brought a number of new guys into the panel. Um, the under-20s didn't go so great against Dublin last week. So that's, that's you know, although there was a lot of kind of lads who will play again next year, it's still not a massive confidence builder for the younger lads. But I still think that they have enough to, to, to take away, and especially if in, in, in Navin. That's mm. a that's that's a big help for them of course being, being in Navan because they know the obviously the confines and the, and the, and the boundaries and everything else around Navan very very well um, I, I, like they certainly won't take Wicklow for granted there's absolutely no doubt about that and neither should they um, but I would expect that you know Andy will be concentrating on a performance concentrating on themselves and with those players that have come back to strengthen the squad I, I think Mead should have enough to, to, to see them off uh, Conleth, if Dublin aren't at it, a lot of people feel Kildare are maybe best place to take advantage, but 
they've got a really tricky game this Sunday at Newbridge against Louth. Uh, Louth scored 5-10 against Carlo. Uh, obviously managed by Mickey Hart with all that experience. Back-to-back promotions with Sam Mulroy in studio a few weeks back and very inspirational figure as well as been such an extremely talented footballer. Scored 2-5 against Carlo last weekend. Uh, this could be one of the games of the weekend if Louth can keep that momentum going. Yeah, look, I think what Mickey Hart and Gavin Devlin have done, I don't really think anybody expected it just to happen as quick and to be as as good as it has been. You know, obviously in Sam Mulroy, the first time I seen him was a few years ago in a league game versus down, and it was a dead rubber. The last league game, down had already got their safety and had played a, a second string team. And Mulroy kicked the lights out. I think he got eight points that day and he was exceptional. And that's the first time I've seen him. And he has kept that trajectory going. And he does look like the real deal. Obviously, as in the division he was in, he was better than anything else there. Now, it steps up again. He's up against a, a different calibre of player. But look, if there's going to be a shock, this could be it. Um, Kildare will probably go into it a wee bit complacent because they had a good league, the stuttered in, in patches. But I think the job that Mickey Hart has done there has been incredible. I was up at their centre of excellence about seven, eight weeks ago um, on a coaching day and I couldn't believe, you know, they took me in around the changing rooms and it had been completely transformed. They'd knocked down walls. They had um, up-to-date facilities, ice baths, um, indoor 4G areas for warming up. So Mickey has took it to a new level in Louth and I think the players have reacted to that and, and I heard someone around the podcast and basically you can just tell that everything that's going on there is very much Tyrone-esque is that they're getting everything they need to be the best they can be and they're taking all the obstacles out of their way. So, look, you would still expect Kildare to come through, um, but Louth will give them a tricky, tricky game because the one thing Gavin Devlin has done and has been known to do in Ulster is that he tactically sets up his teams really well for the opposition. You know, and in the likes of Daniel Flynn, they need to be defensively very, very good, not man-to-man, but as a unit, because Kildare have too many forwards that were shooting the light out in Division 1 for them not to be to be needing to be handled really, really well. Uh, Anthony, the obvious thing is to constantly name-check Mickey Hart when it comes to Loud, but one of the things that Sam Roy was pointing out was the brilliance of Gavin Devlin. said the best coach he's ever worked with, and like, these two sides are both going to be Division Two sides next year. Is it still Kildare, all that experience of playing Division One and almost managing to stay in the division, that that still puts them at a very different level to where Loud are? I, I, you know, I, 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 like I, 100% agree with Connaught in the sense of, you know, there's all of those various factors, but you know, the the the, 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 the other factor for Kildare, of course, they were within a kick of the kick of a ball of staying in Division One, and and they were building massive momentum, and I think Glenn and Dermot and 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 you know Johnny Doyle and Anthony Rainbow have have they also on the flip side of the coin have have started to engineer and foster a really good environment around Kildare football, which I think was missing for the last number of years. So they've they've they're all Kildare men, they're all stalwarts of being there and they all have Kildare um, football at, 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 at you know at the core of their belief and and the ability to improve themselves. It was interesting. I was reading an article by Johnny, and he's just saying, you know, we need to get our house in order, and that's the way he would have looked at it over the last number of years. They've done massive work underage, those fellas. So they're not just being parachuted into the senior team and saying, listen, best of luck, see how you get on. These lads have been doing it at underage, bringing players through, doing it at all different ages, doing it with the, the clubs involved. So. 
they're, they're lily white, absolutely, 100%. And they will have that team ready, I would feel, and, and, and ready for anything. I can't see them, you know, being any way complacent because they will be aware of the ability of, of, of Loud. Um, I think Loud are, are as, as Conlet says, you know, people talk about Leinster football. I think a number of teams are on that upward trajectory. Mm. Um, they're all chasing Dublin, of course. But, like, if you remove that out, they are playing better football. They're much better organised. Leicester football and just Conlon would know this we, we marked each other enough and played against each other like for years we played a very much a brand of there wasn't really a defensive system it was man on man and you just went at it um, and it still took a lot of time for teams such as Mead and Kildare who traditionally were, were, were stuck in that vein to, 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 to adapt and even Loud and you could see it even in the league campaign against Loud I think they shipped four or five goals in one of the first few games they were getting well bet by Limerick and they managed to come back but all of a sudden the imprint of Devlin uh, of Mickey Hart but especially Devlin with setting them up being making sure that they're solid making sure that they're not allowing things come down through the middle making sure that as a unit they're able to communicate and and I can imagine he's going to say to themselves right lads we're going to frustrate the daylights out of this Kildare forward line and what we're going to do is unlike Monaghan against Kildare in the league if you remember we're not going to just allow them have the freedom of the park here and kick scores we're going to frustrate them we're going to tackle hard and we're going to put the question marks over the Kildare forward line which still lingers slightly that can they spread the scores out um, you know if you remove Flynn where else are they going to get the score so I would imagine that's going to be Loud's major MO for the weekend and then look for say right can we snag another bit on the far end ourselves and can we keep ourselves very tight to Kildare as much as we can in this game maybe then the pressure builds a little bit on Kildare um, and who knows but I think you're right I think it's going to be a very tricky uh, um, fixture and could be a cracking absolutely cracking game but I still think Kildare should have enough of uh, to get past them. Uh, before the Midlands Mafia get very angry, Anthony, a quick mention as well of Westmead, Longford, two Division Three sides. I think Longford had a bit too much for Westmead during the league campaign. It's Saturday evening at Cusick Park. It doesn't look on paper like there's very much to separate the two of them. Not, not at all. Not at all. Uh, it's, it's going to be like really honestly, Nathan. You line me up for that one. Go on, call it. It's going to be. It's impossible to call it. To be honest with you, both teams kind of looked like they were having good campaigns, then not so good. Um, you know, it's it, it's put in some unbelievably very strong performances throughout the league, and then followed it up with kind of weaker performances. So it's it's it is really a, a throw up. And honestly, I, I I wouldn't be able to call it at this stage. You know, it's 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 that difficult. Um, you know, both teams play a similar type of brand of football. So again, I don't know. That's that's anyone's guess, to be honest. Uh, so Tyrone uh, back in action this weekend, taking on Derry Conlet. Uh, Connor McKenna has been cleared to play in that game for Tyrone. Uh, they got the job done against Romana first day out, and so much of the talk over the last few weeks has been about the seven players who have left the squad. But in terms of that first 15, maybe that first 18 for Tyrone, they haven't really lost anything. And it does feel as though maybe it suits Tyrone and their management team that we're all obsessed with what's gone and not focusing so much on, on what's remaining. Yeah, I think that was right. And, and again, I would be in total agreement whenever you've seen the likes of Paul Donaghy, Mark Bradley, Lee Brennan, uh, Tierna McKeon, Hugh Pop McGeary leaving, I felt that there would be a deficit of training and that when you take that sort of quality of six or seven players out of a panel, the AVB games, the quality of the drills that you would be running might drop. But look, it hasn't proved to be the case. Drone finished the league strong. And while I didn't think Fermanagh um, would beat them, 
they've done what I expect them to do. They've frustrated them for a long time, but it was Connor Myler who nearly single-handedly, whenever they were struggling in the first half and it didn't really look like they fancied it, he carried the fight to it and he got the goal and that just set them on the, the path. But look, Connor McKenna getting off is massive for Tyrone. It causes Jerry a few more problems. I just felt that if he would have been missing that game, Derry would have had the right sort of players in the right areas to mark um, Tyrone's because, you know, I would fancy Chrissy McKeague to, to give Callum McShane a game of it. You know, Gareth McInnes is back there. Could tag Derry Canavan. You know, Gareth McInnes could also go at wing half forward on, on Myler. You know, Derry have the two or three defenders that could take out Tyrone's two or three key players. But the loss of Kieran McFall is massive. If Kieran McFall had been in that half forward line, for example, he could have done a job on Myler that would have meant that Gareth McKinless could have done a job on, on, on maybe Darren McCurry. So I think that one, Derry don't have the pieces in the chessboard to move around now the way they would have had if Kieran McFall had been there. So that Tyrone getting back, um, their man and Derry then lost McFall is a massive shift and that probably throws it a wee bit in Tyrone's favour again. The fact that it's also Anoma, um, Tyrone's late league form really improved. Derry's late league form sort of disappeared and there's so many wee things. Tyrone were, were averaging 21 points a game through the league in Division 1. Derry were averaging 16 in Division 2. So when you look at it like that, the advantages are all with Tyrone. But Derry do stand a really good chance because the one thing, a bit like Gavin Devlin and Lowe, that Rory Gallagher has proven in Ulster time and time again, is that his ability to set up a team, and even an unfancied team, to frustrate the opposition and to win games has been massive. And the one thing Derry would have been doing from the outset, is looking at this game, three or four league games to go, they still would have had an eye on uh, Tyrone. And I think they'll have worked to perfection on the type of game they want to play. I don't expect it to be as open as a lot of the games have been in the last number of weeks because Derry can't afford it to turn this into a shootout because they just don't have enough firepower up front in comparison to Tyrone. But if Derry could get to 16 points, they stand a real good chance in, a, in a, an Ulster Championship dogfight. I'm thinking, Anthony, of the criticism that Frank Lampard was getting for the way Everton set up in the Merseyside derby last week and trying to make it a bit of a scrap and a really messy game. But then you think, well, what else could he do? Because they just don't have the same quality of players. And like for Rory Gallagher, he's got to approach Tyrone as the All-Ireland champions, that the best thing Derry can do here is make it a little bit scrappy, can make it a bit of a mess of a game, a bit stop-start, to keep it as tight as possible. Uh, not particularly pretty. Wouldn't be at all surprised at the end of this. There's a lot of criticism coming in for Ulster football and the style of play, but that's probably exactly what Derry need from this game. Yeah, I, I, I would have probably agreed with you, Nathan, um, you know, a number of years ago, uh, because... You know, I think Derry were in a position whereby they would have had to do that absolutely as, you, you know, if you're a management team, you'd say, listen, this is where we're going with this first and foremost, and that's just it. And if it doesn't work, we're going to jump down and we're going to do it again and again. But Derry are a different animal these days. You know, Derry, Derry have got firepower. Um, and, you know, Conlon isn't going to big them up because, you know, he can't, so I can. <laughs> and, you know, I, they, they have the ability to score and they have the ability to get at you. Um, so I completely agree that it would be foolhardy of, 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 of Gallagher to say, well, listen, we're just going to go out of here and we're going to see how we get on. He has to have a plan. The plan will be to take out certain players of that Tyrone team who are, you know, the, the, their main focus and, and, and their ability to kick balls over the bar and to get scores is there, is prevalent with them. Tyrone, 
they, they do have a spread of scores, but certainly, as you can see throughout the league, as the form started to turn for them, there was one or two or three players, including Myler, who we just spoken about, Hart especially, when he started to drift up to that centre-forward position. If you remember against, I think it was Kerry, um, and even Dublin, the, his ability to break lines, his ability to get on the end of things, his ability to set scores up. You know, they, they, McShane hasn't been shooting the lights out. I think he's probably had a bit of a, a, a frustrating campaign for him uh, himself. And, you know, they've had to rely on the likes of Donnelly coming in to try to change things, Richie, that is, and, and, and even Matty to a certain degree. But I'd say, I'd say Tyrone are scratching their head. I think they would absolutely be happy with how the league finished. But there was a spell during that league where you were kind of saying, geez, they're a little bit rudderless here. You know, and they were also doing things at the back, which I haven't seen them do in a long time, um, which is allowing that central column to be open. Um, and, and, you know, they're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul a little bit with heart moving out of certain areas. But... It's Derry, I think, have the ability, Nathan, to to kick scores, and I think they massively have the ability to counter attack. They've great pace coming, they've powerful midfield, they've got class up front that can kick scores, find goals. Um, so, I think they will frustrate. I think they'll keep it tight. I think they will go man on man on certain players. Um, but I think they will look to counterattack and then kind of reset and go again. And you know, if anyone can do it. As Connor just mentioned, like Gallagher is 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 is, is massively adept at, at laying out a plan that he thinks is best for his team. And I, you know, I wouldn't worry too much about Derry in the last few games in the league. I think I think probably going into Division One for Derry next year might might have been a step a little bit too early for them. I think another year in Division Two and and win as well next year type thing, and then go into Division One when all those players have had enough because they're coming. They're coming the last number of years, and I think there's a big performance in them. And this just might be the one for them. Uh, I don't know what Derry Yeraism is, but uh, Anthony's just crushed it there, Conlet. That he is uh, <laughs> giving you the big one. Uh, in terms of the rivalry between Derry and Tyrone, just how great is the Derry dislike for Tyrone? Yeah, look, I, I've been born area, and we would be divided right down the middle in terms of the river separating uh, Tyrone and Derry. So that has always been contentious here. Um, and to be fair, in and around '85 and '80 from 93 into 96, 97, it was fierce. It was incredibly, uh, nearly toxic to a degree. Right. And then whenever Derry came up, went off the win and Tyrone came forward, it kind of decimated because we didn't just have enough to share about and the odd token win just wasn't enough. So look, I think this could ignite it all again. Um, there'll be no love lost uh, between Derry and Tyrone, that's for sure. Uh, but again, just Derry haven't been as close in recent times. Now, the last day out in Oma, um, Shane McGuigan kicked one six, and Derry came 10, 12 minutes with it from a very, very famous victory in Oma. So, um, just I was looking at the teams today. Tyrone of twelve of that team still available to them. Derry have only seven. So, the one thing that Rory Geller has done to his credit is stop that huge turnover of players, um, and I think that's been massive. And in the likes of uh, Nonel Lachlan, he has improved like he was one of the best players that played the Sigerson last year. Um, and the one thing is, as Anthony touched on, Derry have serious pace and power. And round the middle, they will have enough for Conkiel, Patrick and Kennedy. And it's whether if they go with a potty um, Cassidy in round the middle, you know, he's a midfielder, but he's played wing half back, wing half forward. Serious running capacity. But I think the loss of Kieran McFall will be big because he'll always kick you one or two points. And it's just where are they going to get the scores? If, for example, Kiara O'Kane had a great piece in Irish News today and it showed that Tyrone full back line has been the meanest over the last 14 games anywhere in Ireland. 
Putty Hampshire concedes on average a point a game. Shane McGuigan will be picked up by Putty Hampshire. So Shane McGuigan has to do to Putty Hampshire what no forward has done in the last 14 games, which is a big ask. But the one thing that Shane McGuigan is, he's a supremely confident footballer. And if anybody can do it, it is him. And Derry will need him to lead the line. They will need him to score eight points, whether it be from play or freeze. They'll not care. If he can score eight or nine points, then I can see Derry getting up there because in Emmett Bradley, they've another long rangey player. Neil Lachlan has got a great eye for goal. And in the likes of Ethan Doherty, Gareth McKinless, you know, Glass, Potty McGrogan, they've got a lot of pace and drive. But it's a big ask to go to the home of the All Ireland champions, who, if Derry had been playing them instead of Fermanagh in the preliminary round, I think this would have been a more dangerous game for Jerome. But they've had that Fermanagh game out of their system now. They'll have seen a lot of Derry as well. They'll know where the pitfalls are. So, look, while the Tyrone for Manny game was a damn squib, Donegal Armagh excited a wee bit. Like, I think this could be the game, and it might not be. Do you think, do you think, Connor, the, do you think the belief is there in the Derry players that they can beat Tyrone? Because you talk about the mid 90s when they're sharing Ulster titles, and at that stage, Derry had the All Ireland in the back pocket, and Tyrone were still waiting. But for a quarter of a century nearly now, it hasn't really been a rivalry, it's been all Tyrone success. Yeah, outside of outside of that that famous win in 06, it's been all one-way traffic. But this Derry team is backboned by players that have been successful at minor and under-20 level, and that inferiority complex is gone. And then you've got Chrissy McKeague, Brenton Rogers, um, you know, Shane McGuigan, who played with Slock Neil and beat everybody before them. So there's players here that are used to being at the very top end. Um, you know, like Garth McKinless regularly stars in the Sigerson, as did Neil Lachlan. You know, Connor Glass has come home from Australia, has been a big plus for them. So it's a different type of Derry player now. Do they fully believe? It's hard to tell. Unless you're in and around that setup, you don't know. But they've made enough moves in the league to say that they're going to be formidable. But there is still a gulf between Division One and Division Two. And, you know, it'll be whether they can bridge that and score the points they need to keep them on because that is going to be the thing. The defensive game has kind of disappeared a lot. Teams are attacking a wee bit more now. And then the big thing, like last week, is coming down to kickouts. You know, Oren Lynch is good on the kickouts. You know, Neil Morgan is the best in the country at the moment by by a distance for me. And Tyrone will probably try and get at Derry's kickouts with Neil Morgan coming up into the half forward position. And I'm not as sure, even though Oren Lynch comes out and plays a bit of football as well, I don't know if Derry will do the same to Tyrone. So for me, the kickouts could be a massive battle. And if you look at what Donegal done on Armagh, it gave them the platform to win the game. So it's something that Derry could go after Tyrone. They probably wouldn't be expecting it. So it would be one of those things that may be a bit of a game changer. And just on the other quarterfinal in Ulster, Connell, at Monaghan against Down, Down, Down seem to be in complete disarray at the moment. Is this as straightforward a clash as you can have in Ulster that this should be a relatively, uh, it should be a Monaghan victory? Anything else would be quite a shock? Yeah, look, on paper, it should be a very straightforward, comprehensive victory for Monaghan at home. Um, but it's the Ulster Championship and it's still the one championship that throws up outplayers all the time. Down, as you say, look, haven't been going well. They were late getting a manager. James and Aidan O'Rourke came in and, you know, they stuttered through the league. I was at the Offaly game. They were good enough to win that game. They were three points up, a time up. And Offaly staged a great comeback and got the point victory. And, and that kind of was the, the nail in the coffin for the league. But the one thing down have, you know, is to have Darn O'Hagan, the Barry O'Hagan, you know, they have players of real calibre. Um, and on their day, while they're missing Liam Kerr, you know, Caelan Doherty, you know, Finn McElroy's travelling to America, they have had a lot of blows. But 
I expect this to be a bit like Tyrone from Anna. Down will give a really good account of themselves early on and they'll stay in the game for a while. But the strength of Monaghan, what they have on the bench, what they have coming off, the form of Jack McCarran, it'll just be too much and it'll get them over the line. But I think it'll be very hard for Monaghan not to have been complacent over the last four weeks and um, with everything that was going on and down. So I think Monaghan will win, but I think Down will probably do better than people are giving them uh, any chance with. Gaelic football and off the ball in partnership with AIB proud sponsors of the GEA Senior Football Championship check out hashtag the toughest for more uh, there are three other provincial quarterfinals this weekend in Connacht Sligo play Common in Markovich Park on Saturday evening while in Munster it's Clare against Limerick and Waterford against Tipperary of those three Anthony which is likely to be the best game? Uh, on the on, I'm going to say on the presumption and uh, get your texts in that uh, Roscommon, Clare and Tipperary win those three games Am I wrong in any of them? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, you know, Claire have been. It, it's it's. Uh, you know, it's an amazing. I kind of like. I look at Claire every year, and I think people do, and they kind of say, "Jesus, you know, they they just consistently keep coming and performing and performing really, really well." Um, you know, I, I looked at. I think that one of the papers had the, had the, had a, had a had a, a pullout of all the teams at the start of the championship, and it had a little bio on every team. And, you know, of the managers, most managers is kind of one, two, three years. Like Colin Collins, I think, has been there six, seven, maybe years. Um, I think the, there's only one manager. He could even be there eight years. So there's only four managers, I think, who are with, with, with counties more than, more than five years, and one of which is him. So, you know, he's an amazing man. He's done an unbelievable job with them with a relatively small pick. Um, and, you know, I, it would be great to see them get a bit of a run and, 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 and rattle on a, a, a couple of wins. You know, Roscommon, I, look, Roscommon are, you talk about the complacency. Uh, Roscommon and, and people are just talking like, who will they meet in the Connacht mm. finals? That's the only thing that I think could potentially catch them. You know, uh, so so well, and Sligo, you know, Sligo I, buzzing after the under twenty title. Yeah, you know, like listen, it's it's probably just a bit early for them, but at the same time, they'll go in there and they'll just say, let's, you know, we 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 can do it at this age. And as Conlon just says, you know, you, you can have inferiority complexes with with a couple of old stagers who've maybe been getting hammered by the same teams, but when that influx of youth comes and they've been battling. With, likes of the, the bigger teams at 14, 16, minor, you know, 20s. Then all of a sudden these fellas are coming in and saying, sure, I played against this fella loads of times and should we bet them loads of times? So, so that inferiority complex goes out the window. And the major thing for the management team is not to, you know, who are over those teams, is to make sure that that confidence that comes in and that belief is instilled actually in the older lads, not the other way around. Um, so, you know, will, will they give a go to counter themselves? I expect them to do it, but I just think Roscommon are, Roscommon have found now um, an ability to, to even though they, they've racked up, they, they've let in a lot of big scores, they're still scoring at the far end massively. And they've got a very, very serious forward juniors. I think if they can tighten up as well, a bit more at the back and from midfield back, I think they'll be, they, you know, they'll have a decent say in the championship. And I, I, look, I, I think they will take Sligo, but at the same time, Sligo will give a, kind of a good account of themselves, no doubt. Connacht Limerick did get promotion from Division 3, but I don't know if that means you'd disagree with anything Anthony's said there. Yeah, no, look, you couldn't disagree. Um, I think he's right. I think in terms of Clare, the one thing is that every year you're thinking they can't keep going, they can't go. But in fairness, the job Collins has done there. Nine um, seasons. With, you know, like, it's incredible. Like, the fact that the players are responding to him, you know, obviously, I don't know much about him, but whatever he's doing it works because 
he keeps reinventing that team and, and, and Tuberty and he's got players at the very top end you know that as I say for those weaker counties um, and divisions on down the one bar- barometer for players is they're playing in Sigerson and, and competitions and those players don't look out of place in those competitions and the same with Sligo and you know the players that are playing week in and week out with Ross Conn with the old players and they're every bit as good so if you can bring that back it gives you a fair decent chance but look um, it's hard to see any other winners outside of Russ Common, Claire, tip on that one. All right, Kenneth Gilligan, Anthony Moyles, thanks as always. Enjoy the weekend. All right, thanks very much. Uh, if that wasn't enough for you, there is loads more build-up to the weekend on episode 14 of the Football Pod with Paddy and James. It's on the OTB GAA feed or the Football Pod feed. Uh, just search for it wherever you get your podcasts and it's brought to you in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. You can check out hashtag the toughest for more. The Gaelic Football Preview on Off The Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.